Thank you. Okay, well, I lied last week. Sunday school teachers get to do that. I said this is the last week, and lo and behold, we have another week. So um, I will not talk like a Yankee on drugs the whole time this time to try to get through everything. I, I will slow down slightly um, and do that. Um, but we're going to do manifestations of the Holy Spirit, um, and we have this week and next week, and I already said this. Um, so um, I had thought about doing an exercise and splitting up and doing all that. And I thought, you know, I think there's more important <coughs> uh, things to do than, than that, although chatting with each other is maybe the most important thing we ever get out of Sunday school. So anyway, um, yep. Um, leave that one open just a crack if you would. I don't want people to feel embarrassed to walk in. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, we have a doorman just for you, Jeannie. Very nice, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so you might remember the structure that we have been talking about. Um, Paul uh, answering the question that the Corinthians should have asked. They, they apparently asked him about their disorderly meetings and you can almost hear the you know you need to tell you know Jacob just to shut up he's talking so much and you know just kind of that sort of thing people come to Paul you know you can do it you're an apostle um, and and he's and he said basically you've asked the wrong question and what you really need to understand is the structure of the spirit world the structure of the spirit the pneumaticos pneuma the air and the tire uh, the air in Christianity, the spirit, <coughs> so the pneumatical structure. And he said then, there's a variety of gifts, but one Holy Spirit. There's a variety of jobs that use these gifts, and one Jesus, who's the head of the body, and we are in the body, and he's the head like the brain. He's also the head like the president, but more the, the whole analogy is of a human body that's functioning. And so when they say Jesus is the head of the body, I grew up, and we all grew up thinking he was the boss, but he's the brain of the body. So he does way more for each of us than we can even imagine if he were just the boss and we had to report to him, right? So, so, he's, so he's the brain of the body. <coughs> then the father comes along, and the father does all of these things in the background, crazy things. He, he causes all things to work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. For example, and there's 40 other verses that talk about or demonstrate everything the Father does behind the scenes. Um, and then there's, there's this thing right here, and they're called the manifestations of the Spirit, or phanerosis, which means a clearly visible work, something that you can see, something you go, whoa, this happened, you know, said, well, that happened, you know, and so here we are, okay, so this happened, and, and what is that? What, what are those things? Um, I gave you kind of one-liners, and, and this is it. Holy Spirit power tools, clearly visible working. They put puts something in your hand or in your mouth that you say or you do to help support the other three things. It's like 
this morning I was under the bathroom sink trying to figure out why water was dripping down there. Um, don't ever do plumbing on Sunday, but <laughs> we're going to the late service, so I had time. Anyway, I, I stopped cussing eventually. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so it's the power tools. You know, so I was under there going, and I said, if I had the plumber thing, we and I'd be done. You know, and, and these are, you know, those are power tools to help us get places faster. And so if I go now and fill in the rest of the verses here, it says, uh, now concerning, whoop, eh, do it, do it. Okay, there we go. So Paul says, now concerning things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. There is charisma, diconia, ministries, energema from the Father. And on the other hand, each one of you, so each one, so everybody in this room, you're each, right? You're all part of each. Okay, so you're not left out. You may not know you're left out. You may not understand. But you, each one, is given the clearly visible work of the Spirit for the common good. For, and then he lists nine things. And those nine things... Um, are each called manifestations of the Spirit. And we're going to come back to this list. I just wanted you to see, I'm not pulling it out of Scripture. It's, it's right there, right in uh, chapter 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. And so Paul is listing manifestations of the Spirit. Now, you remember when we talked about charisma gifts, Paul listed seven charisma gifts. And those seven charisma gifts span the horizon of everything you needed for charisma. Same thing here, says the Holy Spirit, and he uses the same word here, down here, which, which is he looks at everything you need and distributes it the way it needs to be distributed for the body to be healthy. So when you look at, at the manifestations of the Spirit, they are they, in the same way, are the primary colors of the rainbow of everything the Holy Spirit does that could be called manifestations. And Paul, looking across the spectrum, says, well, all of those things I've seen fit under word of knowledge, so I'll, I'll put that. All of, and so they're, they're, each one is a, is a representative term for, a, for a, an infinite variety of things that are in that category. Okay? It's like the vegetable section of the grocery store. They're not all the same, all those vegetables. Some, some you hate, some you like, some you have a lot, some you almost never have, but they're all under the vegetable section, okay? And so each of these are somewhere there. Now, before we start, <coughs> I want to address a question that everybody asks or thinks about or has heard about or charismatics have told us about, and I can put on my charismatic hat and say, you know, in that world, well, uh, brother, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? You go, I don't know. Tell me what you mean. Well, if you don't know, you're not. You know, and there's that sort of that, uh, shut up. You know, it's just that, that kind of crazy world. And so what is this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, filling with the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit? And the question people ask is, do I need the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues? This is my answer to that question. You need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Okay, so it's like it's like the Holy Spirit is the the 
energy, the engine, the leading, the guidance for every Christian. We are spiritual, which means we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So the only thing, the, the only thing that differentiates us from really good people who can quote the Bible but aren't Christians is we have the Holy Spirit in us. A end of discussion. We can act the same, talk the same, everything, but Jesus said, I will fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he said it right here. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being, okay, that's the core of you, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Okay, now I, he's not talking about like you drank way too much water and you get up five times at night like we old people do. I think he's, he's talking about this. By this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in them were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, now watch this, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus said, I have to go, and I went, ah, and he goes, no, no. If I stay, the Holy Spirit is in me, but he won't be in you. But if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. So here we are at Pentecost, and now this is Peter talking, and Peter says, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of the Father, boom, okay, having been exalted to the right hand of the Father <clears throat> and receiving the gift of the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth that which you see and hear, boom, repent, be baptized. Okay, have you repented and, be ba and been baptized? Are you believers in the Lord? Okay, you qualify. This is you you will receive the Holy Spirit as a gift that promises for you, your children, all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call to himself. So, you cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. That is the definition of a Christian. It's not, a, it's not what you believe. If, if the definition of a Christian is what we believed, who knows if we're Christians, right? I mean, we get into all that. Well, how were you baptized, brother? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I may not be a Christian. It's not, it, it's not that. And we, we talked about that when we talked about Jesus, about the things that were given and the things we attain to, knowledge that was given and truth that we attain to. But he basically said, look, <clears throat> if you repent and you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. End of discussion. So the question then is, what does that mean to me? What, what does that having the Holy Spirit mean to me? And are there other ways of getting it? Now, I just want to make sure we understand that the Holy Spirit is all Jesus all the time. I don't have to do anything except believe what he did. I have forgiveness because Jesus died. Check. I just say yes. I have a new life because Jesus rose again. Check. I have the Holy Spirit because Jesus ascended. All Jesus, all the time, it's a three-volume set of blessing that is ours because of Jesus. It's like you bought a three-volume set of books and you went to the store and got two. It's paid for. It's at the counter. It's maybe under the counter by now, but it's yours. And so, so many Christians go, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm born again. Well, are you filled with the Spirit? Do you have the Spirit? Do you, 
I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like there's no good answer to that question other than the fullness of the Spirit is yours at salvation, and you can simply accept it, ask the Holy Spirit to show you who He is, what He wants to do in you, to begin to speak through you. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. By this He spoke of the Spirit. In other words, for every Christian coming from the inner core of who you are, there is a flow that wants to come out, out of your spirit, through your soul, and out your mouth, out your eyes, out your actions, everything. It wants to come out, and it's a gentleman, and we can quench, stifle, and grieve the Holy Spirit because of ignorance or deliberate unbelief. But you, have the, you don't have like 20% of the Holy Spirit. How much Holy Spirit did you get, sister? There, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. 100% it's God in you. So the question is then, how do I access, function? How do I honor the flow? How do I, can I clog the flow? Can I stop it? So let's, let's look at Peter for just a minute because people say, well, are you filled with the Spirit? Okay, so Peter was filled with the Spirit at Pentecost. Everybody, everybody good with that? Okay. So then Peter and John are brought in to talk to the Pharisees and scripture says, and Peter just being filled with the Holy Spirit, having just been filled, start, and he said, oh, well, I thought he was filled at Pentecost. Here we are, the second place, they gather back together, Peter and John are whipped, they come back, and the house is shaken again and everybody in the house is once again filled with the Holy Spirit and Peter's in there too. It's like, huh. All right, then here we go again, and it says, the disciples were what? Continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And so you go, maybe what's going on is there is a flow that happens and a, and a continual replenishment. And you start to look at this verse, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled and the actual Greek is be being filled. Be in the situation of being filled. Be in the process of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is a continual upwelling of the Holy Spirit within me that comes from my spirit into my soul and out into the world. Okay? so so. He's in, he's, he's in there here. Let's look at one. I have some other ones, but just read this that D.L. Moody wrote about his own experience. So he was already Christian, already preaching, already pretty well known, and look what happened to him. And he would say, something changed. I've got quotes from R.A. Torrey. I've got quote, another quote from some other guy, um, but we don't have time for them. But they all say the same thing. They say, I was a believer, I was walking, I was working, and there was a time in my life where I said, God, I need, I need like Peter, an additional filling. I, I need an empowering, I need something, and it is okay to ask. It's okay to say, God, I feel like I need more for what's happening. It's okay to ask for more. It's like, 
I feel like my glass isn't quite full. I want it full to overflowing. I want it. And so um, I forget the, the person who said this, another well-known Christian guy, but, but he says, he said, um, they said, well, how come you keep telling people to, to ask for filling with the Holy Spirit? And he goes, because we leak. And, and you know, in a sense, that's true. He says, I, I ask every morning, Lord, fill me for today. Fill me for what I need. I, I make a habit myself of that. I say, God, would you fill me? I'm really scared about science school class today. You know, would you, you know, fill me? If you want to, to read something that is free and downloadable, uh, whether the Holy Spirit and charisma and tongues and all those ever ceased, here's a great book about that. They made it free so you could download it. Never ceased. There were always people in the world in various places. Tongues never ceased from the day it started up until today. It got wider and narrower over time. At the Azusa Street Revival, when the Pentecostal started, it, it, it kind of grew, it shrunk a little bit. Then the Charismatic Revival in the 70s hit, and it, uh, it expanded again. So, <clears throat> um, there you go. Okay. Do I receive the whole Holy Spirit at salvation? Yes, but I may have little idea what I received. Okay, so there's, there's the scriptural truth and my experience of the truth. Is there a second work of grace? Yes, and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. Be being filled. Okay, these are all the standard questions that if you're in the charismatic Pentecost world, you'll get all these. And they have different answers, but our answers are absolutely scriptural. And they take the pressure off of first and second class citizenship. There is no such thing, okay? Keep asking, keep knocking. Um, it's been that way since Pentecost, and it will be until his return. Okay. So, do I have access to the Holy Spirit, to manifestations of the Spirit, to the fullness of the Spirit? Yes. If you are a child of God, you have free access. You have the keys to the kingdom. You, you can go into the throne room of grace without knocking. Okay, so all of these things are yours. So then the question is, like Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, and he uses a, a, a horrible Greek word, idiotos, but what it means is uninstructed. And he says there are people who are uninstructed in spiritual gifts, and if they walk into your meeting, and you're all speaking in tongues and doing what you do, they're going to think you're crazy. And you're not crazy. You're just disobedient and ignorant. Okay, Stop it. You know, that's what he says. He says, don't do it because you're offending people who don't need to be offended by this whole thing. And we have that now. You know, we have cessationists and cessationists became cessationists when you look at it because of the offense of what was going on and because of, of craze, the craziness, and they had a choice to make. And, you know, uh, Church of Christ grew out of a charismatic revival with shaking and tongues and all kinds of things, but it took a different path. And so my, I feel like my job is to say, it's not crazy, it's part of your inheritance. You can walk into it in a way that's, that is like finding power tools in your dad, your grandpa's garage, and you go, Oh, hey, can I borrow this from you? No, you can have it. See, and that's what God is saying. Can I, can I buy? No, you can have it. It's yours. I, 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 I've got it for you. 
was wondering when you'd come. Okay, so here we go. So now let's turn to the the manifestations of the spirit. All right, enough of that. I, I had to. I had to just get you into the into the mood. Okay. Um, this is the most important thing I'm going to say about manifestations. Okay, I like she. She smiled. I got. I got. I'm okay now in your in your eyes, dear. I love that. <laughs> we do crazy things in here. <laughs> okay. Look at this. What does that say to you? What do you see there? Just kind of blurt out. What What's a thing or two that you say? See. Yeah, power, love, and sound mind. So, uh, stir up the gift. So, can you stir up your charisma gift? He's telling you to. You better be able to, or Paul's in big trouble. So, I have this gift, and Paul says, you can stir it up. Like, like a fire that's down at embers, and you can ask God to blow on it and stir it and begin to use it, and it'll flame up. Okay? God has not given us, what, a spirit of fear... And you could insert confusion, ignorance. He hasn't given us, that's not what the spirit is. This is the, what are those three things? The Holy Spirit is a spirit of dunamis, dynamite, of power, agape, love. And I just spaced out the word for, but sound thinking, disciplined thinking. Think about this. Think about a tripod. <clears throat> Tripods are the, the structure of choice in my physics class, I actually did a long paper on tripods, which I will not bore you with, but you can set a tripod on any slope just by adjusting the legs and the top can be even and it'll spin 360 degrees and you just shorten and lengthen legs until it's stable. A, a three-part, a three-legged structure is way more stable than a four-legged structure. The fourth leg really just gets in the way. And so, when you think about power, love, and a sound mind, every one of us live our lives on a tripod that is made up of th these three parts of understanding the, the, the spirit of God, the nature of God, power, love, and a sound mind. And all of us from our tripod look out through our lens and we see the world not as it is, but as we are. So, if I have a leg that is a little short, let's say, um, let's take, I don't know, my sound mind leg. If that's a little short, then my tripod is, and I look this way, and and when I find people who look this way too, I go, man, brother, you're just like me. We should form a denomination, right? <laughs> you know, we, we should, we think alike. We've got the same revelation from God. We're, we're amazing. We're, and all of us are this. We'll call us the Pentecostals, okay? And I, ha I have a, I may have a short sound mind leg. Exegetical stuff is, that's fine. But honestly, we're all about power, the power of the Holy Spirit, blah, blah, blah. Now, I run into a church or a person that has a short power leg. The power of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, not really part of our life. 
So I, my tripod is like this, and I walk around, and I see eye to eye with people with this kind of a tripod. And if I encounter a person with this kind of a tripod, we are at opposite views about almost everything. The problem isn't doctrine. The problem is, is that I am unbalanced in my uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit. I cannot see eye to eye with someone, not because of their problem only, but because of my problem. And so when we study manifestation of the Spirit, and when you look at what Paul has written about it, you understand that 1 Corinthians 12 is about power. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love, the love chapter. And 1 Corinthians 14 is about the discipline use of manifestations. So Paul is addressing the imbalance in the Corinthian church, but he could address our own imbalance as well. I don't care if you have three short legs. I care if you have uneven legs. Okay, I'd rather find a brand new naive person who goes, I, I, I want everything God has for me and, and I want to study the word and I know that all of this is for us to love the world and change the world and I'm all into that and I need the power of the Spirit to do it and you go, you're my boy, right? But if it's like that Holy Spirit stuff is crazy, it's not because they're, they're disobedient who wouldn't want the Holy Spirit if they knew everything about the Holy Spirit? They'd go, come on. It's because we're ignorant, right? We don't understand God's provision for us. And, and that's where much of the church is. And so Paul, um, talking about this, so if you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and think in terms of the tripod and what you can get out of it, you'll begin to understand. So think about your own tripod. And it, I was gonna do in groups today and each of you, you know, the short power leg people go over here. And no, I wasn't gonna do that. But, but just when you think about your own tripod, when I first saw this in scripture, I was like, whoa. For me, the love, the love leg was a little short. It was like, I was, I was demanding people do this, do that. And you know, if I have not love, I'm a, a clanging symbol. Well, but bands need symbols, you know. So, so um, but anyway. Okay, does that make sense? So that is the most important thing you'll get out of this, this section on manifestations. And you can look in the mirror and look in the mirror of the Word or look in the mirror of God and say, <clears throat> um, it, do you want to take a picture of that? I could go back up. You don't mind, yeah. uh, I don't mind. Or I will send any of you the PowerPoint in PDF. Just send me an email, okay? They're, they're not copyrighted. Okay, on to manifestation. So here we go. Um, <clears throat> and I gave you a handout with the manifestation one-liners. So I'm just going to pop them all up here, and you can look down through. <clears throat> okay. So there's various kinds of tongues. And tongues would be speaking at will. Some of the manifestations are at will. In other words, you can do them anytime. Some of the manifestations happen once or twice in your life. They may never happen. All of the manifestations are the spirit working at a point in time to accomplish something through you. Okay, they're all that. Does anyone have a gift of healing? No, there is no such thing. The healing is the gift. 
and it's gifts of healings. Uh, Oral Roberts said, if the, if the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon me and go down through my right arm, nobody gets healed. I don't have a gift of healing, but I do welcome the Holy Spirit and have faith the Holy Spirit will heal through me. When he turned about 64, it stopped. And he said, I don't know why it stopped. But I want you all to know, I don't have a gift of healing because I don't want you to go, well, I don't have it, I can't heal. The Holy Spirit will use anybody. Okay, stop it, for any of these things. And there's this, there's this sense in the church that if I don't see it, I don't have it. It's wrapped under the tree. Your name's on it. Every one of these nine is available when faith meets need. Why do we see healing? It used to be, now they're coming to America, the mission field. But used to see healing in South America and Africa all the time, all the time. And I talked to old-time missionaries, and they'd go, anybody can. I healed in Africa. I mean, I was in Africa and laid hands on somebody, and he shook and he fell to the ground. I mean, that's happened here too, but shook and fell to the ground. He got me and said, my arm, my arm, it's well. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's got, you know, I was like on the inside, I'm going, God, oh, God, you know, can I bottle this and take it back? Because we need it in America. We're, we're, we're so prideful. Jesus could not heal a dunato without power to heal in his hometown. He tried and couldn't. And he marveled at their unbelief. The centurion got his daughter healed like that, and Jesus marveled at his faith. So I don't want to get into what, what stops and starts manifestations. What I want to get into is let's be hungry for God to use us in ways that change the world. Okay? So tongues is I'm speaking a language I may not understand and maybe nobody understands. And it comes out of my spirit, through my soul. My mind goes, what are you doing? My mind is unfruitful, but we'll talk about tongues next week. And, and it flows. And so tongues has an amazing purpose, which is to open our spirit, to, to, take a, to take the lid off our spirit and to let it begin to flow. And our mind has to take second seat to the spirit. The, well, we'll get to that if we get to it. <coughs> okay, interpretation of tongues is not word for word, but it's giving a sense of something. A person speaks a tongue and you go, I felt like, and we always just say, I felt like, it, it seemed that we leave it open for somebody to say, well, I'm not sure that's right. And you go, that's okay. I'm, I'm offering this. I'm offering this on the table and taking my hands off of it. It's not mine. These manifestations belong to everyone else, and I'm just the messenger boy. And so you offer it. We give it without pride, without ownership, without it being our identity. I am one who does something. That something is not my identity, Okay. Prophecy, um, getting a sense of what God may want to say to someone. And we'll talk about this one. Tongues and prophecy are two most common. And God says they can't hear it, but you can. It's not word for word. It may just be a sense. It may just be, when I saw you, I, I just sensed, I did, oh, I, now. I did this to, to a poor, un, a poor un, un, unwary person just the other day and I said when I saw you I, I just felt like uh, and I don't mean to embarrass you and she was biased she was a checkup person I said I don't mean to embarrass you but I just felt like 
like God was saying, look at how faithful she is when no one sees her. And she just burst into tears and just cried, came around, just hugged me and was sobbing. She said, I'm sorry. Okay, do you want to check out? I said, yeah. And so she just said, thank you. I, I, I was thinking this morning, nobody sees me. What am I going to do with my life? She said, this changes everything. And I went, wow, that was easy. That took 15 seconds. Okay. So prophecy is an hours like that. Sometimes it's just the person goes, yeah, thanks, man, that was good. So you, you just, because what? We can't always hear, and God, need, God uses us to talk to each other. Hey, go tell your brother. See, it's like, because we don't always hear God. Sometimes we're mad, sometimes we're ignorant, whatever. And so he uses us to talk to each other. Ephesians 4 calls that speaking the truth in love through ligament relationships causes the body to grow. The truth in love is the definition of prophecy. Prophecy causes the body to grow. Okay, now you can speak Bible truth. You could say 1 John 7 says, but when I speak something that that person knows has some, some sauce on it. Uh, distinguishes spirits. I was in a meeting a while ago and a guy stood up and gave a word and good, good. And I was with my two roommates, this is many years ago. And he kept going and we looked at each other and both of us went, <clears throat> Why? Because he, he got into his own spirit. Or distinguishes spirits is, is Paul going, come out of her, even though this woman was telling the future, he cast a demon out of her because it was a demonic spirit that she was talking. So it's distinguishing a human spirit and motivation from God, from the angelic, or from the demonic. Okay? And, and it's, it's discerning, understanding that not every... Not every spiritual source is a good spiritual source. A lot of them are not good spiritual. Uh, word of wisdom is just something comes to me where I, I um, feel like this might be the answer to what we're thinking of. Okay, And so, so you, you speak something that people go, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. You don't say, I have a word of wisdom. You have a thought of wisdom and you speak it. Let me do a couple more and then I want to come back. A word of knowledge. You're, you're thinking about something and also you go, oh, hey, what if, or I remember, or something like that. And the person goes, whoa. Or you say, you know, um, have you thought about, and they go, oh, what a great, see, it, it works like that. See, many of you have been doing these. The, these aren't stylized. Charismatics stylize them, put them in church and make King James English come out of their mouths. But most of us, this is just the flow of the spirit and the flow of the Spirit goes, huh, hey, what about? You don't say, thus saith the Lord, but person says, that was a great idea. And you go, yeah, it surprised me too. You know, and God wants us and Paul wants us to understand that the Spirit inside of us is a river of wisdom, of knowledge, of discernment, of healing. That is flowing all the time. And we need to dip into it. Okay. Uh, Effective miracles, faith is, is an unshakable belief for something. You've seen people go, it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. You go, I don't know. I, just, God, I don't want to say God told me, but it's going to happen. And it happens. And you go, okay. So, um, so notice this from everything I've said. The flow of the Spirit starts within our spirit, flows out through our souls. We'll talk about this more next time. Out through our souls and out through our mouth or out through our actions. 
The nine name manifestations are part of that river flow. Okay? They're flowing all the time. And P Paul has given names to those things so that we can understand that part of the flow are these manifestations. They're not crazy things. They're, they're, they're ways that I live my life as a Christian. Okay? We call them manifestations and we put them on a shelf and made them holy and put robes on them and we don't touch them. But we still do them. You are all using manifestations. You just don't know it. And what Paul is saying is, if you will dial in to sensing the Holy Spirit might be speaking, things will go to a new level. Because now I don't, I, I'm not sure there is a flow. And I, I'm not sure I hear God. And who am I to think that God would use me? And you just go, oh, stop. You know, stop with the false humility. Stop with that. Of course we use here. There's an infinite variety of ways that this flow happens. And the nine things are nine placeholders for categories of things that happen. Okay? There's a gazillion kinds of tongues. Um, I know one guy who spoke, well, three foreign languages. And I, I took him to lunch. I said, be honest with me. Tell me about it. And he did. He's the only guy I've ever known who spoke a language he didn't know that people understood. Okay? And it happened to him three times. And he's dead on honest guy. And I was like, okay. I'll say that happens now. I wasn't going to say it if I hadn't talked to somebody where it really happened, but it did. Um, <clears throat> so we each experience these manifestations. The two that are sort of like manifestations 101 are tongues and prophecy. Remember in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit falls and they began prophesying and speaking in tongues, prophesying, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, prophesying, speaking in tongues. Why? We're going to get into that next week, but <clears throat> understand that there are, there are manifestations that are easier to start with and manifestations that tend to happen less frequently and more often with people who are mature, yet jerks can be anointed, right? So how, let me organize this for you. So think about this. I, I, I need charts. Uh, you know. And so you have, you have three speaking manifestations, and they, they kind of grow in um, general use and grow in visible power as we go around the circle. Okay? So tongues is 101. Interpreting tongues is not as hard as prophecy and, and harder than tongues because you get to share the blame. Somebody speaks in tongues and you say, well, they said, and the person goes, wait, is that true? And you go, well, ask them. They're the ones who spoke in tongues. I just was saying what they said. You know, you, you kind of can share blame a little bit. It's a little funny. This is pretty rare. You don't see it in scripture anywhere except Paul. Prophecy, we're going to talk about that. And prophecy is not thus saith the Lord. It's not spooky. It's just what I told you. Saying something that encourages them and they go, thank you. That was this happens all the time at Otter Creek. If I could just, it's almost like I don't want to pull the cover off and say this is prophecy because everybody will stop. You know, it's just like, just keep doing what you're doing. Call it anything you want. I don't care. Because all of us go, yeah, I want to, I want to hear God for other people. I want to be encouraging to other people. We just have to be careful that a false humility doesn't say, oh, no, that couldn't be God because God wouldn't use me. No, he, he wants to use you. He will use you. He put his spirit in you. 
But you don't have to act like it's God. Just act like you love the person. Oh, you do. Okay. Jesus was what? Humble. Washed feet. If I wash feet, you wash feet. But that doesn't mean, see, there's this weird dichotomy in conservative churches, which is I want humility, and I think that the gifts of the Spirit are not, hum are not humble. The exact opposite is true. If I were Satan, I would make the manifestation of the Spirit seem weird, seem show-offy, and seem useless, and I'm done. I have taken half the church off the table when it comes to manifestation of the Spirit, knowingly. That doesn't mean you all still don't exhibit manifestation of the Spirit. You just think you're, you're just trying to be nice. You just, well, I, I, I felt like I should call, send a card to them. It, it, yes, just say, yes, Holy Spirit, I'll do that. I, I, it might be you. Sounds good. I'm going to do it, right? We're, we're not always sure it's the Holy Spirit. We're sure if it's sin, and we don't do that, but we're not always sure. Okay, discerning of spirits we talked about. <coughs> Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, healing is one kind of miracle. Miracles are miracles, and faith is the basis of miracles and of healing. So this, this is like the broadest thing. This, I've seen people who, I've seen this demonstrated where they know that they know that they know, and they go do something crazy, and it, it happens. I, I, when I was in the Middle East, it was like, this guy said, I know that I know that I know. I'm supposed to go talk to the mullah. And he goes and talks to the mullah, leads him to Jesus. <laughs> it's just like, or get shot. You know, it's just like, and he says, no. He said, we, we talked. The mullah said, I, I had a dream. And Jesus was in the dream. And he said, I'm sending someone. The guy said, did he look like me? And he goes, no, I didn't know who it was, but you are the one. And, and my daughter said, and a bunch of people got saved. Why? Just did it just felt God say do it so he did it so there's a there's a little bit of a growing so I would start here I'd start there and there <clears throat> because those things prime you to use other manifestations if you get if you get this right and this right all of these are just riffs on those two something flowing from within me that I understand enough to do something about, say something about, put my hands on somebody and pray. If I get these two, everything else just comes out of those, right? That's why they began to speak in tongues and prophecy. Tongues, my brain doesn't get to play. We're going to talk about this, but, but tongues goes right past your prefrontal cortex and out your mouth. Your prefrontal cortex is dark in PET scans. Prophecy your brain gets to play, but it is the servant, not the master. And we'll talk about that again next week. Okay, so here we go. There's, there's, there's my, my geeky structure. Now it's all filled out. All three levels are all filled out. And uh, so in summary, um, these are not who you are gifts, but something that you can do through the Holy Spirit. You don't have a manifestation. It happens through you once or many times. Any of them are available to anybody. They're supernatural, but they don't have to be unnatural. They don't have to be spectacular. Um, like I said, jerks can be anointed. The actions that you take in these manifestations are actions that any human being can take. 
but God adds his power and his authority to the action and something happens. Okay? Sometimes we're not even fully aware. Um, so you do what humans can do. God does what he does. Um, sometimes there's a leading on the spot to do something. Most often that's the way. Rarely are you sitting and, and the Lord says, go talk to that person and you go talk. Sometimes that happens. But for me, it's almost always on the spot. I'm talking to somebody and we get into a conversation. For me, I like to just get into a conversation and before you know it, they're crying. You know, it's like I, the cry thing. I, I had a, son, a high school class say, are you going to do the cry thing with us? <laughs> Jesus in the Gospels, the book of Acts, uh, in on your handout, I think I have verses there, right? I don't? No. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'll give you a list next week with all the verses in Acts for each of the manifestations so that you can, you can see them. Okay. Oh, this is good. My next slide says this. <laughs> and we're right on time. So that is a manifestation of the miraculous. Um, any quick questions? I know you're probably going, phew, that was a lot. It was a lot. Um, it is recorded. I think I turned it on. Um, okay, well, thank you. Next week will be our last week, and we'll be focusing on tongues and prophecy for sure.